And so this morning, uh, before uh, we go ahead and announce uh, Dean, uh, we have uh, a short video we'd like to show. Some of you have seen it before, but, uh, you know, it, it really is good to take a good look at it again because some things, as you watch it over, you catch what's been said that maybe you missed the first or second time. And so uh, we, if we have that video ready, we're going to go ahead and show that, and then I will go ahead and introduce uh, Dean. catch my breath it was getting shallower and shallower and I can remember saying to myself I am dying and then his blood pressure dropped and I looked at the doctor and I said what's wrong with him his heart stopped and he says well we need to intubate your husband right now or else he could die and then we start doing the chest compressions Dean Braxton's system was shutting down. It started as a routine procedure to remove a kidney stone. Now he was dying. Dr. Manuel Irigi was on duty in the critical care unit at St. Francis Hospital in Federal Way, Washington. He explains what went wrong. As it turns out with, with him, the antibiotic that he received was uh, not good for the bacteria. He was resistant. Dean's body went into multi-organ failure, and his heart flatlined. Dr. Irrigi's team worked furiously to revive him. Dean's wife, Marilyn, prayed. I did say to the Lord, I said, Lord, you said in your word that you've come to give Dean life, and life abundantly, and I claim that abundant life for him. At times, the unit was in chaos as they worked to save Dean's life. But he was experiencing something very different. I wasn't afraid. It was like, I'm going home. Dean believes he went to heaven. When I first entered in, it was just bright. It wasn't so much what I saw as much as what I experienced. The first thing I perceived was, everything is right. There's nothing wrong here. And I said, it's past peace. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible in Philippians, the fourth chapter, that says, peace, past understanding. That's what's going on there. It's landscape, but more, because everything's alive. Nothing's dead. I don't mean just live like grass. I mean, it's intelligent, it can move, you know, it thinks. And someone says, well, that's way out there. It was way out there for me, you know, I'll tell you the truth. We got a pulse. Dean says he felt like he was being pulled back into his body. Then he flatlined a second time. Again, he was in heaven. This time, he saw Jesus. The first thing that comes to me is he's bright, just like John says, he's brighter than the noonday sun. And the next phrase I say, I wish people could grab it, and it's this one, and we can look at him. And what you're looking at is not so much the physical part of it, you're really experiencing the love he has for you. 
And I tell people it's, it's like he only loves you and no one else. I saw him communicating to angels. He would just look at them. Communication there was thought to thought. They would acknowledge his receiving his information, bow before him like this, and then back out. And it was like, wow. Dean admits he didn't want to come back. And I don't tell you the truth. I was happy. I was planning on staying, you know, and people always say, you know, didn't you love your wife and your children? Yes, I loved them probably more than I ever could. But I was thinking, you come here. You come here where everything is right. Then Dean saw family he hadn't seen in a long time. And yet, on the other side of Jesus was my family, my grandmother Mary, but with her were other relatives. And some I had recognized. I had been on this planet when they were here. But then there was generation after generation after generation after generation of those that accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that helped to produce me on this planet. They came to greet me in. And it was like, God. While Dean was in heaven, Marilyn continued asking God for a miracle. I purposed in my heart that whatever the outcome, I was going to follow God all the way. After an hour and 45 minutes, Dean came back with a weak but steady heart rate. But the bacteria had done a lot of damage, and he had to go on dialysis. I did not think he was going to survive. I, and I, in a way, I, I told his wife, that, you know, now well, we have just to pray and, and wait because there's nothing else I can do. I believe in healing. I believe that God is a healer. And uh, I was trusting God for Dean's healing. Three days later, Dean woke up. He was so eager. We got to get people saved. We got to let people know about Jesus. Despite doctors' concerns that Dean's prolonged ordeal would leave him impaired or even worse, there are no signs that Dean even had a brush with death. He's the picture of health. In fact, the staff at St. Francis Hospital dubbed him the Miracle Man. It's a miracle that he's alive. There's no question about it. It is a miracle. Yeah, he's alive, that he's talking, that he has no brain damage. Uh, but but this, this is very exceptional because he was really, really dead for, for a long time. So what does a man do who's experienced heaven and still wants to be there. Dean says Jesus told him something that keeps his feet firmly planted. I felt like he was saying, I need you there, what did I need you here? And I came to understand then how important it was for me to complete what God had put me on this planet to do. The bottom line is, until I'm finished here, you know, and I cannot go back home, I tell people most of the time, I'm on my way home. Don't get me wrong, I'm on my way home. This is the pathway my father says I have to go to get home. Praise God. Amen. Can we stand this morning as we prepare to welcome our good friend and brother in the Lord? Come on, let's give Dean Braxton an awesome new harvest welcome. You can be seated. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for your presence. 
I thank you that we came together this morning, yes, Lord, for your honor. I thank you, Lord, that we got to sing to you, we got to dance before you, we got to, to do the things that you enjoy for us to do to honor you. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that each and every person in this room is so important to you. Yes, Lord. And you want them to know that this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. It's great to be here. I thank Pastor Richard and Pastor Nancy for having me. You know, I would come and see them even if I wasn't speaking. They've, they're becoming great friends, not just good friends, but great friends. I was thinking, uh, um, Pastor Nancy, that uh, I get to say to you, get used to this face, you will see it forever, you know. <laughs> you know, I was thinking that a few moments ago. But it's, what'd you say? Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, it's good to, to see all of you. I, I, um, as, as you. As you know, I, I'm very welcome in this body. And so because I'm welcome here, I want to show the gratitude I have by making sure I acknowledge everyone I can. So it's hard for me to pass you by without shaking your hand or giving you a hug. I know I slowed the uh, security team up, you know, because I'm trying to, 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 to acknowledge that that uh, you're important to me. That's what that is. Uh, I'm not running for government, government, you know, so it's not a politician type of thing. <laughs> I'm not asking you to vote for me later on or anything like that, but uh, I am very welcome here, and I just want to make sure that people know that I feel the welcome, you know. You know, there's... Thank you. Thank you. There's several books I have on the table back there. Um, this morning, I just feel like the Lord is saying donation. So you can go to the book table this morning, and if you only have a penny and you want to put a penny down, that's okay. You get a book. You take a book. It's not on the amount that you give. My father wants to make sure that it's available for you. I even want to say to those that they, they want, really, they take a book, but they don't have anything, I'm, I'm offering you just to take one. And I know some of you say, well, how can you do that? My father takes good care of me and my wife. I, I, I wish I could share the blessings that we get because I told uh, Pastor Richard this morning, I want to be a river. I do not want to be a dam. You understand what I mean? I want things to flow through me, not stop with me. Somebody better grab what I just said here. Yeah. And, 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 and you know that word that says he came that you might have life and life more abundantly? The visual picture of that word abundance is not just flowing, it's, it's overwhelming the banks on both sides. So it's not just a flow that's coming through you, it's that it's so much that the banks that is inside the, uh, the river that's inside are overflowing. And that's what's happening to me. I'm telling you that right now. You know, Jesus takes good care of us. So we have these books back there. We have In Heaven. Uh, it's the flag book. Uh, it's the book that we first put together. It tells you what I experienced with the Father and Jesus. What I like about it the most is not just talking about the things of, of God in heaven, but the scripture references that I give you. I always tell people 99% of everything I experienced with the Father and Jesus I can find in the Word of God. Amen. Most of us don't realize that word is deep. It's not, it's not shallow, it is deep. You know, the Jewish people, um, and they only had the first five books of the Bible, they believed that each scripture is 70 levels deep. Do you guys hear what I just said? 
you know what I mean, 70 levels to get the full meaning of a scripture, and that's just the first five books. That's not talking about the rest. You would have to go 70 levels deep to be able to really get the fullness of what God has in it. That's something, you guys. I really think because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, there's no levels. It's, it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So that's what I have in that book. Um, uh, deep worship in heaven tells you what it was like for us to come around the throne of God and tell the Father how much we love him. I was hoping this morning that that's what you were really doing. You're just not singing a song, but you're really thinking, I'm talking to you, Jesus, personally, and I'm going to let you know I love you. You know, that's what I really was hoping that was happening here, you know, because the reality of it is that's what worship is all about. It's just telling him, I love you. Is that good news, you guys? And you got a lot to love him for. He's done a lot for you. He's doing a lot this morning. Even the air that you're breathing right now, whether you realize it or not, is from him. So, so that book is back there. Another book is what it feels like to die. And that's telling you what it's like to die as a Christian. I can't tell you what it's like to die as a person that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I can only tell you what it's like to die as a person that does know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And it just goes through that. Then it also talks about what it was like in the sense of finding out why we grieve. You know, sometimes we lose somebody and we grieve. We got to understand we were never meant to be separated from them. That was not God's plan. A man messed up, brought death into the world, now we're separated from people. But it wasn't God's plan at the beginning. If you think about Adam and Eve, they were created to be together forever. You know? So when that separation comes, you're going to miss somebody. Now the greatest thing we have is we have that hope that we will be with them again. Is that good news, you guys? This book is in heaven is also in Spanish back there. We don't sell that book. We always give it away. We've given it away for this whole year, you know. And um, this book was a challenge to get out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know this, okay. It's in Spanish. The first guy that started interpreting it, it took him about nine years to get where he was at, and then he died of a heart attack, okay. But every time he would start interpreting the, the, the In Heaven book into Spanish, he would be attacked and end up in the hospital. I really believe the enemy of God did not want this book to be put in Spanish. So we have made it per, uh, personally that we would give the book away. So if you know somebody, maybe you don't speak Spanish, but you know somebody and it's on the table, please take one and give it to somebody. God wants the people that speak Spanish to hear this story. And the enemy of God did not want the people that speak Spanish to hear this story. You guys, even the second person that started interpreting it, uh, she lives in uh, Santa Maria up there. She ended up sick right after she started translating this book. You guys hear what I just said? So we had to pray it through. It, it was a battle to get this book through. It took nine, ten years to get this book out because the enemy of God was after not making this book in Spanish. And I have the book in all kinds of other languages, and it didn't take that long. But for Spanish, for whatever reason, it took 10 years to get it into Spanish. So if you know somebody or something, and I have people come up to me all the time. One guy, I was in Napomo, California, up north, and he come and said, I've never read a book completely through in Spanish. This is the first book. And he was so proud because he could read the book in Spanish. You guys getting this? So somebody already, you're being tagged on how to give this to somebody or you're supposed to get it. 
And the last book I want to talk about, I Need You There, Sing the King. Now, this book is a book that is a coloring book and story book. And this book um, is really, uh, I say for kids, but I say for anybody. It literally tells the same story as In Heaven, but a little shorter, condensed version of it. But it also is a coloring book and a story book for kids, okay? And when I say, I need you there, saying the king, it's really what Jesus said to me when he was saying to me, no, it's not your time, go back. I felt like he was saying, I need you there, here, back on the planet, then there in heaven. And so it's to leave within the kids to finish your purpose here on the planet first and then go there. Some of you adults need to hear that. Do you guys hear what I just said? You got work to do here. We need you here more than you can realize. You know, you're not just here by accident. You're here because God wants you to have, do something on the planet that let other people know that he is God. So... I already told someone who these books are. You're going to come and get them? I know I'm making you come up in front of everybody. It's not you, Nancy. It's the lady right behind you. <laughs> I turned to her. I said, these are your books. When I get done, you got to come and get them. So here you are. <laughs> you know, this morning, the other day, Wednesday, the Father had me share something in his body of uh, this church that I had not really gone in detail before, and it was what it was like to enter into heaven. If you were here Wednesday night, I got for the first time to really go in detail what it was like to enter into heaven and what I was experiencing and what I was feeling. You know, I have never shared that much detail on that subject anywhere that I've spoken. I've been doing this going on 17 years. Do you guys hear me? And the reason I say that, because God's still doing new things even through me on certain things of this experience of um, leaving the planet and going to be with the Father and Jesus in heaven. You know, I died for an hour and 45 minutes according to the medical records. Not according to Dean Braxton. I didn't write that in the medical records. I didn't tell them this is what it was. No one came to me and said, this is how long you died. Matter of fact, the doctor said it was, it was over an hour and 30 minutes. Dr. Rigge, but he didn't tell you the exact time. But if you look at the medical records, which it's in the book in heaven, you're going to see that it's an hour and 45 minutes, according to the doctors, not me, Dean Braxton. You saw the actual doctor that was in the room, Dr. Rigge. He was the one that was working on me that, that full hour and 45 minutes. Really, it was probably an hour. He was working on me probably an hour and 30 minutes. He gave up the last 15 minutes, I found out. He was really writing out the death certificate. Do you understand what I mean? And then somebody showed back up. Someone asked me, what did he do with the death certificate? He said he shredded it. <laughs> you guys hear what I'm saying? So, so I'm, Dr. Irrigue was the actual man. The man that you saw up there was the actual man that was in the room when I died. How I died was I had a kidney stone that got stuck on the right side, and it caused a kidney infection. And they gave me antibiotics like they're supposed to to kill the uh, kidney infection. I was the one person that resisted the medication that was given to me. No one went back to make sure the infection was gone. So when they blasted the stones, they do lipotripsy, and they try to break it up so that you can pass it. It pushed the poison into my bloodstream, and I became what you call septic. And everything in my body started shutting down. According to the medical records, 29 different things were impacted in this body, okay, that, that started shutting down. Most of those organs I can't even tell you about because I don't even know how to pronounce them. 
Medical people look at the records, and they always come out with the same uh, 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 analysis. They always said, you died. That's what they said. Now, Dr. Rigge said, I really, really died. Now, uh, to me, that's something else, because I didn't know you could really, really die. I thought you just died, and that was it. I didn't know there was levels of death. You know, you die here, and then you die here, you know, that type of thing. But Dr. Rigge said that. So I can tell people all the time, I can prove I died. That's easy for me. Medical records say it. Doctors say it. Anybody that looks at it says it. You know, I can say I died. And I can say, you can say I didn't go to heaven, but I went somewhere for that hour and 45 minutes. I was born again. I knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I had the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of me. And I love to say it this way. I went where Christians are supposed to go. It is not unusual for Christians to go to heaven. You got to grab that. Some of you have lost some loved ones that you knew were born again. They went to be with the Father in Jesus. I know we sometimes don't want them to leave the planet. But Jesus Christ says, us that are born again, when we leave the planet, we're going to be where he is. In John, the 14th chapter, 1 through 6 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. This is Jesus Christ talking. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am there, you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Jesus, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let me tell you how powerful that really is. You could be a person out there right now that does not believe when you die uh, that you're going to go to heaven even though you're born again. But because he said it, you go in any old way. It's out of your hands. It's out of your hands. You born again, you know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you are going any old way. If you don't know him, you're not going. Oh, Dean, what did you just say? You just offended some people. I'd rather offend you on the planet because when you get there, you'll be offended and it'll be too late. Because my Bible says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You're going to find out sooner or later. It is better you find out here because there it is too late. And someone may say, that's your belief system. You'll find out. Don't have to argue with you. Don't have to debate you. Don't have, you're going to find out. I would rather have you find out here. At least you have an opportunity. You may not like what I'm saying right now. You may say, what about these people? And what about these people? We ain't talking about all those people. We're talking about you. He is the only way. There is no other way. Okay? Somebody in the room may be saying, oh, man, here we go again, religious. No, we're talking about Jesus. Amen. You know? Sometimes I think people don't realize he has already chosen you. He just wants you to choose him. That's all it is, you guys. The Bible says it over and over. He has chosen you. He just wants you to choose him. That simple.
you know, here I am uh, uh, going through this process of lying. And Lord said, I need to emphasize this this morning. When, those, when I was impacted and I died, something on my body died that they did not think would ever recover. When you lose oxygen and blood to your body, they say about 17 minutes, that's what some doctor told me, your body starts deteriorating. Things start dying and, 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 and they don't usually recover. One of the things that dies and it doesn't even take that long is your brain. Your brain starts getting into what they call being brain dead. People don't realize that. It doesn't take that long, five, five to eight minutes and all of a sudden you start deteriorating in your brain. When we are an hour and 45 minutes, and you can see, I have my brain. Nancy's been running around with me. I, 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 I'm intelligent. I can talk, can't I? You know, my thoughts ain't just wandering away, and you're wearing, where's Dean going now? You're not saying that, are you? You know? So for me even to talk to you medically, scientifically, I should not be able to do this, according to the science. You guys hear me? But another thing that took place is because I lost that blood for so long not circulating through my body, my toes started dying. And they, they, they looked like uh, the 4th of July burnt hot dog on the grill. You ever seen the uh, 4th of July and you burn that hot dog and it's really black? You know what I'm talking about? You know? That's what they look like. And Medically, they were planning on me coming back after I recovered some. They were planning on me coming back into the hospital and zipping off all 10 of my toes, taking them off because they were dead, okay? When I was at home in the recovery process, my wife decided that she would get a pail of water and she would put my feet in the water and then she would start praying over them. And as she's praying and she's rubbing them, all of a sudden, all the dead skin that was on my toes started coming off. And I had brand new toes. Brand new toes. To the point, I couldn't even walk on the toes. I had to walk like this because they were so sensitive to the ground. I always thought to say, this is like baby toes. You know what I mean, when a baby's first, you know? I needed to say that to somebody because you need something new in you. And I want you to understand, God can do it. God can do it. He did it for me. I always said he healed me from the bottom of my toes to the top of my head. You know, and he didn't leave any residue. He didn't leave a mark that I have been here. He just did it. You guys get this? So I needed to cover that this morning for somebody. You're that important to God that he wanted me to cover that for you. Somebody got to grab what I just said here. You know, because sometimes we think, oh, there's all these people here. You're just talking to all these people. No, I'm talking to you, and you know who you are. You needed to hear this this morning. You needed to hear that God can create new things in a body. Because he gave me brand new toes. And I'm not making it up. Don't have to. I don't have to exaggerate about this. I don't have to uh, make it a, 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 what do you say, a, a, a fantasy story. This is how God operates. Is that good news? So I share that with you. I died for an hour and 45 minutes. I want to share this in a way that I probably have never shared it before. I was talking to the Father about it. I want you not to just look at me and see how I experienced this, but to think about somebody you know and how they experienced this. 
How did they leave their body? Those that are born again, those that know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And some of you have lost somebody that you're thinking, well, they didn't really make it. How do you know? When I got there, Jesus looked at me, saw himself on the inside of me, and I was in. There was no one there to advocate for me and say I needed to get in because they knew me. And I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about some friend, some mom, somebody. Not even, and I'm not going to, I'm going to step on toes. I know I'm going to step on toes when I say this, but I'm going to say it any old way. And I'm not being disrespectful, but I'm just telling you the truth. Not even Mary. I'm just putting it out there, you guys. Jesus looked at me, saw himself on the inside of me, and I was in. And I feel this morning that some of you have lost some loved ones. And God, whether you realize it or not, came into their environment in that moment that they're getting ready to leave, and they accepted him, and they went. Almost like the thief on the cross right next to Jesus, looking at him and saying, when you enter into your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus turning to him and saying, this day you will be with me in paradise. And that person did not have time to come off the cross to prove to anybody he was going to go to paradise. Somebody better grab what I just said here. So I'm sharing that with you because I want you to understand, when I left my body, when I left my body, my body died. It wasn't that my body died and then I left. The spirit man on the inside, that which is connected to Jesus, left the body first and then it died. This is to comfort you, to let you know that terrible death you think they went through, they didn't go through. Jesus had already paid it for them. My Bible says it. Listen to this. This is so cool when, when, you, when you hear it in the scriptures. Again, you know, I'm a scripture man. Uh, uh, most of the people out there that, that are around me know that I'm going to bring up scripture. And I'm going to bring up this one in Hebrews, the, um, the second chapter, the ninth verse. Listen to the scripture. Listen to it. Like you're hearing it for the first time. But listen to it. But we see Jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. He suffered death. He suffered death. Remember that part. So that by God's grace, he would experience death. He would experience death on behalf of everyone. Now, sometimes us that are in the theological area, we say that's your spiritual death. No, that's your physical death. I know that for a fact. Because when people ask me what it was like to die, all I could say to them is, I don't know. I wasn't there. My body went through the pain. My body went through the suffering because I suffocated. But the real me, the spiritual being on the inside, did not go through that pain. I usually am telling you so that you know you won't have to go through it. You may say, I don't believe it. That's okay. You still get it. But I want you to understand it, not for you right now, but for that loved one that you lost, that they left before their body died. And you say, well, I was there, Dean. I saw them breathe their last. What you saw is their body struggling without their spirit. They were gone. 
They were in a terrible car accident. You should have, they died this way. No, they left before it happened because he said that he paid the price already for them. Is this good news? This is to let you know that image you got in your head of how bad it was for that loved one can go now. You don't have to think about it anymore. Let it go. He paid the price for them, you know, so that you don't have to think about, oh, they died this way. No, they left their body, their body. I remember a person telling me, and she didn't even know I was saying this. She was in the room when her mother was leaving the planet. She said, I saw her leave 15 minutes before her body stopped operating. Some of you seen that. You saw the spirit. You knew they were gone, and the body was still there trying to breathe, but you knew they were gone. Is this good news, you guys? Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is not given to everybody. This is given to those that accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He did it for everybody, okay? But he wants you to accept what he has done to get the benefits of it. It'd be like Pastor Richard having his car, and he goes and pays for it on credit. I go down to the credit union or to the bank and pay it off, and when I pay it off, uh, he has to accept that I paid it off to get the benefits. You guys hear me? And how easy it is. Let me tell you how easy it is. All you have to do is choose him. Amen. You that are in this room this morning and you haven't chose him, that's how simple it really is. Okay, all you have to do is choose him to get the benefits. You that are in this room and you say, I don't believe that, that's okay. You still get it any old way. The Bible even says in, second, I mean in Hebrews, the second chapter, 14 through 15, therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he likewise, talking about Jesus, shared in their humanity so that through death he could destroy the one who holds the power of death, that is the devil and set free those who were held in slavery all their lives by their fear of death. The Bible says you've been set free. This is the main thing you've been set free from. You don't die. That's why I could say to Pastor uh, uh, Nancy, get used to this face. You will see it forever. You can turn, you that are born again, know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. You can look at another brother and sister and say, get used to this face, you will see it forever, because you will not die. Your body will die, but you will not die. Is this good news? And the greatest news about it is, I can share it all I want with you, and you don't have to believe me, but you still get it. Do you know how much freedom that is? To know if you don't believe me, that's okay. You still going to get it? Because you're born again. You know Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior. You have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you. I think that's freedom, guys. You know? So here it is. I leave my body. I go to be at the Father of Jesus. I enter into heaven. All of heaven's glad I am there. Everything in heaven, I covered this on Wednesday night in more detail. I'm not going to do like I did Wednesday night. But you got to understand that all of heaven, everything in heaven, you imagine whatever you can imagine in heaven, and you got to imagine that it's alive and that it's welcoming you. It's glad to see you. Everything. I'm not just talking about the trees and the flowers. I'm talking about all the things we don't think are alive. They're alive in heaven, scripturally. There's animals in heaven. Revelation, the fifth chapter, tells you animals come around the throne of God and they give him praise. 
They can talk. They're intelligent. Okay? So every animal in heaven was glad I was there. Every animal in heaven. The, the eighth chapter of Revelation tells you there's a bird flying around and it's proclaiming things. I, I would have to go to your Bible and change all this stuff. It's in the Word. The, 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 the ninth chapter of Revelation tells you there's these horns on the throne. They're instruments and they say things. The, the uh, 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 17th chapter tells you that altar, which is the table, it says something. The 19th chapter tells you that the very throne of God says something. That which he sits on is talking. I know only one person clapping because you guys are all grabbing it, ain't you? I just want you to understand so that when you know you're going into heaven, everything is glad you're there. It'd be like everything in this building is glad you showed up. Even the rug. I'm just putting it out there so you grab this. It's that huge. It's like Jesus Christ went before me and announced to all of heaven I was on my way. And he didn't do it. I got to make sure you understand this. He didn't do it the day I left my body. He did it the day I accepted him as Lord and Savior. And I want you to know that for this reason, mainly so that you know you've been announced and all of heaven is looking forward to you showing up. People don't grab that sometimes. Heaven is looking forward to you showing up. Thanksgiving is coming up. You're going to have Thanksgiving with your family. Not everybody there is going to be glad you showed up. You know? But all of heaven was glad I was there. Now, I didn't go to heaven just to go to heaven. I went to heaven because Jesus is there. I'm being honest with you. I didn't go to heaven because it's a place. I went there because a person is there. Jesus said, you're going to go be where he is. And I wanted to be where he is. I wanted to see Jesus. And when I first saw him, what did I do? I bowed before him. The Bible says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I didn't go down because someone said, you got to do that. That's what we do with Jesus. I went down because I was before my Lord and Lord and King of Kings. Your loved one, when they entered into heaven, they were welcomed. They were welcomed. And they fit. Everything was right. There was nothing wrong. And they fit. You go here on the planet. I wish I could say it this way. You know, where you could go for and you could feel like you fit so well in that place. We can use it the opposite. You know when you feel like you're out of place. You know, sometimes when I'm doing things in the Washington, D.C. area, and I don't know the protocols, I feel out of place. Because they got protocols that I didn't know we had. You understand what I mean? And, and, and if you don't grow up in it, you don't know the protocols a lot of times. Okay? And I feel out of place. I have to look to somebody. What's the next thing I got to do? Oh, you got to go three steps to the right. Okay. Oh, that's the left. Go to the right. You know what I mean? But in heaven, you fit. Everything is right. There's nothing wrong, and you fit. And when they got there, they fit. They felt more alive there than they do here. I'm saying this to somebody. You got to hear this because you lost someone, some loved one. In the last, it may have been six months ago. It may have been a year ago. It may have been yesterday. I just want you to know that when they got there, they fit. You want them to be happy? They are so happy right now. 
The joy they have is past any joy that you could ever have on the planet. Because it's continuously joy. We experience joy in moments. There is one joy after another joy after another joy after another joy. You know? And then here I am seeing Jesus. And his, he loves me. And everything about his body loves me. His entire being loves me. I couldn't look at his hand. I couldn't look at a finger without it loving me. Have you ever had somebody and they just show you an ear and the ear loves you? You know? But that's the way it was with Jesus. His entire being from his feet to his head to his, to his left arm and to his right arm loved me. I couldn't get away from it. And I wasn't trying. I'm telling you that right now. I believe right now, even in this auditorium, some of you are experiencing the love of God like he only loves you. I came to understand that God Almighty, when he created love, it wasn't a blanket love that, that, that fits everybody. He created love for you that only you could receive. It's tailor-made. It's tailor-made. You want to know what you're feeling right now? What the, it's God's love for you like you're the only one he loves. You've got to grab this. You know what comes with that feeling? That feeling is healing. When you accept the love of God like you're the only one he loves, I'm going to tell you something. You'll be healed. You'll be healed physically. You'll be healed emotionally. There's things in you that just start getting healed. Some of you are getting healed right now. You know? I was, I, was, I was at a place the other day, and we were praying, and the guy was sitting there, and as he was sitting there, we were praying, and he got healed. I didn't find out until it was a, it was a, a Thursday night. I didn't find out until Sunday that he got healed because he was telling somebody else as he was sitting there, he got healed. You say, why didn't he tell me? It's okay he didn't tell me. I'm not the one that healed him. Jesus healed him. He did the healing. And right now, some of you are getting healed because you're experiencing the love of God like you're the only one he loves. Something in your body is changing as I am talking because you're opening up for the first time and letting him love you like he wants to love you. Is that good news? And the greatest thing about his love is there's no strings attached. There's no strings attached. So here I am, I'm before Jesus, and on the other side of Jesus is my family. There's four groups that come to greet you into heaven. And they're not all like, this group is here, this group is here, this group is here, this group is here. They're all mixed together, but you know who they are. All, your, all, your entire family comes to greet you in. Everybody that is connected to you as family. Okay, and it goes back generation after generation after generation after generation after generation. I'd love to talk to you guys that don't believe you're going to have that many people there because you're going to probably have more people than you ever thought could be there. I did. I didn't know that many people in my family had a connection with God. I didn't know that many people in my family would be in heaven. It was so many of them. I knew my grandmother Mary would be there because I knew she was strong in the Lord. You know, I thought maybe my grandpa Braxton would be there because he kind of, yeah, we don't know about him. You understand what I mean? I had my Aunt Barbara in hell. She was there. Okay. 
understood it was generation after generation after generation after generation after generation of all those that were part of my family. And it went all the way back to Noah. Everybody's going to have Noah show up. I might as well, you might as well say that. And everything after that, whether you realize it or not, Methuselah, he's part of your family. Did you know that? All the way up, all the way up to Adam, all of that group that you read about in the Bible, they're part of your family. Is this good news, you guys? If you want to know what your family lying is, go from Noah back and you'll find out what your lying is. You know? But they all come to greet you in. And if you've been adopted in the family, I said this last night, I shared it at uh, Recovery, Celebrate Recovery, I shared it uh, uh, Wednesday, if you're adopted in the family, you're grafted in. Because sometimes adopted people feel like I ain't really got a family. I got a, a family that I was adopted into, but they're not blood family. God doesn't look at that way. You're a family to him. Even step-parents. Some of you that are married and you brought these blended families together, whether you realize it or not, God stopped looking at it as a blended family. He looks at it as family. And they're going to come to greet you in. You can even have friends that could be grafted in. You're so close to a friend that they graft you in. And guess what? When you get there, the family that you have, this DNA is going to come to greet them in, and the family that, 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 that they're of is going to come to greet you in. Is that good news? Some of you know what I'm talking about. You got close friends. Then you got to have friends that come to greet you in. And I always tell people, it doesn't matter how old they were as a friend. If they came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, when you get there, they are going to come to greet you in if they're there before you. If you're there before them, you're going to come to greet them in. Someone said, well, how do I know all this? You're in heaven, guys. The, the, laws, don't, the laws of heaven, I'm going to tell you, are different than the laws of the planet right now because we're fighting through de uh, deterioration all the time, our sin. You don't lose memory there. Oh, boy, somebody better grab what I just said. You don't have to say, well, I have one of those senior moments. They don't, they don't exist in heaven. Senior moments do not exist in heaven. And some of you on the planet, God don't want them to exist here either. Somebody better start taking back their memory right now. Stop making excuses for it. If you didn't really want to remember it, say, I didn't really want to remember it. It'd be like those teenagers with those selected hearing. Every teenager out there could have a, a hearing aid because you know they only hear what they want to hear. Get, get, take the trash out, Johnny. I ain't heard that. You guys hear what I mean? The same thing with us that are getting older. Stop grabbing things we don't have to have. You know what I mean? Tell your brain, nah, -uh, you ain't acting that way. You know what I tell this body every once in a while when it starts acting up? You better start acting right or I'm leaving. <laughs> your body cannot live without you, but you can live without your body. Let's, let's, let's say who's in control here. Okay? So here it is, you guys. You know, every friend you ever had, didn't matter how old they were, they're going to come to greet you in if they come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Everybody you impacted with the gospel, some of you brought people here this morning. They may accept Jesus Christ this morning. 
It's not going to my credit. I guarantee you it's not going to Pastor Richard's credit. It is going to your credit. And when they get to, get to heaven, if they get there before you and you come in, all those people are going to come and greet you because you did something in their lives to help them to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You know? They're going to come to greet you in. And every pet you ever had, every pet you ever had, you know, they're going to come to greet you in. And I know some of you said pets don't go to heaven. I'm just going to do two scriptures. Last night I did a whole bunch, didn't I? I'm only going to do, well, I'm going to do three scriptures because this helped you guys out, okay? Number one is found in Genesis. God, when he created animals, he created animals to live forever. What changed? It wasn't the giraffe that went and got some fruit that he shouldn't have ate. It wasn't the zebra. It wasn't the elephant. It was a man. And because that man ate that fruit, deterioration or death came into the planet and impacted those animals. You guys getting this? But they were created to live forever. Number two, we say they don't have a spirit. Go to Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. You will read where Solomon, the smartest man at the time, the computer at the time, said that we don't know where a man's spirit goes, whether it goes up, and we don't know where an animal's spirit goes, whether it goes down. They got a spirit, okay? And number three is Psalm 6, uh, the uh, 36th chapter, the sixth verse. It says, God is the one that preserves man. God is the one that preserves animal. The word preserves means save. Now, you're going to ask me, what is the criteria for those animals? And I'm going to have to tell you, I don't know. I know my criteria. Do you guys hear me? I'm not concentrating on the dogs and finding out how they get saved. <laughs> I, I'm just not. I, I figure God knows how to let them know. You know, he knows how to talk dog. He created them. But I'm making sure Dean Braxton knew how to get it. Do you hear what I just said? All right? I, I love to tell this one story of one little girl when she heard this. She was so excited because she was thinking about all her pets that are going to be in heaven. And she said, Mom, you know, we don't do too good with those goldfish, so we're going to have a whole lot of them greet us in. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to have them greet you in. And I know some of you are going to say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, when you get there, they're going to greet you in, and you're going to act like you always knew it. It's just the way it is. In reality, ain't nobody going to come up to you and say, hey, you know you didn't know this. Is that good news? So there, there was no four groups, but the family came to greet me in. My family was glad I was there. You know, it was so wonderful to see them. Thanksgiving's coming up. Many of you are going to come in contact with family members. Some of them you haven't seen for a while. Okay. I can remember seeing my family there, and I hadn't seen some of them for a while, and some of them I didn't know were my family members. What did they look like? They were shiny, they had a big smile, and pure joy. Why were they shiny? They were shiny because Jesus Christ was shining out of them. You know why there's no darkness in heaven? It's because he shines out of everything. You know these shadows we have here? They don't exist no more. Darkness will no, darkness, this dark sky, is temporal. It is not eternal. You read your Bible. You find that out in, in the 21st and 22nd chapter of Revelation. It says, Jesus and the Father light up everything. 
You are called children of the light. We think that's just truth. No, you were, you were born to live in light, not darkness. You know? So here they are. They're shining. Jesus is shining out of them. All right, you ready for this? I'm going to push some of you. Ready for this? You ready for this? I got this one time, the little girl asked me, well, what were they wearing? I said, nothing. And she said, I ain't going to heaven. You know. But you don't think that way no more. That thinking came after the fall, not before the fall. Before the fall, they didn't think that way. You guys get this. And what you are wearing is what we call the robe of righteousness. And what is that? That's Jesus Christ shining out of you. It looks like a robe. It moves like a robe. But it's really his glory shining out of you that covers you. Is this good news? So that's what they look like. Someone said, well, do they look young and old? No, there's no time in heaven. They look beautiful. And every moment they look more beautiful than that. The way you saw them on the planet, I'm telling you right now, they don't look that way anymore. Someone says, well, how would I recognize them? You recognize them from your heart. The scripture reference I use on that is when I talk about how um, Jesus had uh, Elijah and Moses show up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and they recognized them. You will know them. So they were shiny. They had pure joy. The best way I could describe the joy, Pastor Richard, is when you become born again. Remember the joy you had? When I became born again, when I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I don't know about anybody else in there, but I was impacted. I knew my life changed. I knew I was born again. No one had to tell me that I had changed. I knew I, first of all, I liked you. Before I got born again, I didn't like you. I didn't like nobody. I'm telling you, 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 you guys were in my way. After I got born again, I liked you. I, I knew something had changed on the inside of me. The air smelled better, the birds sang prettier. I had that experience, and I didn't have no preacher t telling me. The way I became born again is I was reading the Bible, and I got to a scripture that said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And I just remember looking up in heaven, Atwater, California, down there in the Central Valley. That's where I grew up at. You know, I was laid up for three weeks in the house. The only thing that would take away the pain was reading a Bible. And I looked up into the sky and I said, if this is true, I want it. And I became born again. Someone said, well, didn't you say the sinner prayer? Later on, the pastor led me through it, but I knew when my life changed. See, he was looking at the heart. You know what I mean? I went through the, the whole sinner prayer thing, and that was about uh, three weeks later. But I, when I changed, I knew when it was. When I looked up and I said, if this is true, that's what I said. I didn't know if it was true or not. I said, if this is true, I want it. And guess who showed up? You guys get this? That's joy. The other one is when we, we have a child and we hold that child. Have you ever heard, held a baby in your hand? Man, remember the joy you had? There's so much joy there. And I like to say you had, because once they start moving, you guys know what I mean. That joy holding that baby, oh, this is beautiful. And then all of a sudden, you know, especially you daddies when you have to change that diaper for the first time. That, that, that's not too much joyful, is it? <laughs> 
I think my wife did 99% of the changing of the diapers with my children. <laughs> I seem to get out of it all the time. I don't know how I did it, but I did. Some of you men know what I'm talking about. Some of you wives now, if they look like they got busy, say, get over here and change this diaper now. <laughs> So here it is, you guys, that joy. And then they were smiling. They had a big smile on their face. And the reason they had a smile is because they had no worries. They weren't worried about none. Your loved ones that are there with the Father and Jesus in heaven are not worried about anything. What about us on the planet? They worry about us? No. Can they see us on the planet? Yes, they can. If God wants them to see you, they're going to see you. Well, they're going to see all the terrible things I'm going through and terrible things. No, they see you as God sees you. He sees you victorious. Their eyes literally do not see the things you think they see. They see you winning all the time. And then they turn to the Lord. Do you know how it says you have that great cloud of witness? That's your family. And they turn to the Lord and they give him glory for how you're winning. They're praising him. They're telling him how great he is because you're winning. Is that good news? They're doing it right now. You that are sitting in this church right now, your family members are turning to the Lord and giving him praise because you're in this church hearing the word of God. Right now. Father, help them to hear the cheers that their family is giving for them being here right now. It's like a football game. And when your team is winning, you know how you jump up? And you start giving God glory. I mean, giving the team glory. I know. Some of you want to get out of here right now so you can give some glory to some team. But the reality of it, your loved ones are in heaven right now shouting to the Lord and thanking the Lord because you're here. Is that good news? You know? The other thing I always say about your loved ones smiling, you know, you know you're in heaven when everybody in your family is smiling and getting along. You're going to Thanksgiving pretty soon. You can compare it. Is this heaven? You know you're going to have some things go on in that Thanksgiving. You know you ain't going to be able to talk about some politics. Politics, COVID, you can't talk about COVID requirements. That's, an, that's a no-no now. You know what I'm talking about? That split a ton of families apart. The politics did it. To, and don't you dare bring up Jesus in some of the areas. You understand what I mean? they'll be giving you the turkey on the way out. I'm serious, you guys. It's coming. You know, I would ask you to pray right now in the name of Jesus that you be the best you can in your family event to represent Jesus the best way. And not your strategy, but his strategy. See, he's already strategized on how he wants to reach your family. There's a scripture I want to read, and I'm going to end with with this last little bit here. I don't even know if I went over time. Did I go over time? I, I apologize if I did. But there's a scripture I want to read. It's very important for you to hear this scripture. It's found in Isaiah 9, 6. I'm reading it in the King James Version first. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's how we've heard it in the King James or even in the New King James Version. I want to change it and read it in the net version for you, the New English translation. Listen to how it says it. For a child has been born to us, a son has been given to us. He shoulders responsibility and is called Extraordinary Strategist. 
Where the word is wonderful counselor, it's changed to extraordinary strategist. If you were to study it out in the Hebrew, it means counselor, not like I counsel you. It means counsel in the sense of coming up with a strategy. Jesus Christ is the extraordinary strategist. When I entered in and I saw him for the first time and I talked about how that circle was around him on Wednesday night, half circle was around him, he was strategizing. And what was he strategizing about? How to get people to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. How to get him accepted into people's lives. And he was sending out his heavenly host in the heavenlies to battle in the spiritual realm so that us on this planet could have an easier um, a way of getting people to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You guys hear me? Well, he's doing that for your family right now. He's doing that for your family right now. He has already sent out a heavenly host, angels you call them, to battle in the spiritual realm so that when you're with them this Thanksgiving, that God is already opening up the atmosphere for you to be able to be the light you're supposed to be on top of the hill. Somebody better grab what I just said here. You know? He wants some more than you do. I said it, and I'll say it again. Tag, you it. I almost want people to take your hand, take your hand up. Just raise your hand, please. And tag your shoulder and say, tag, I'm it. You're it, you guys. You're the one that's been tagged to go forward on the strategy on the planet to reach your loved ones here. When I was being told by Jesus, no, it's not your time, go back, my grandmother Mary, which was standing out front, looked at me and said, bring as many of us back with you as you can. She wasn't talking about everybody else in the world. She was talking about her family. Your family in heaven wants everybody in your family to be with them forever. When Jesus Christ died on that cross, he died on that cross so that your family could know what family is supposed to be like. That's why he died on that cross. You say, for you. No, he's after your family. He wants all of your family. Not part of your family, not some of your family, not a portion of your family, but everybody in your family, even the ones you don't want. How do I know that? Because when I got there, my Aunt Barbara was there. And I thought Aunt Barbara was in hell. I had her in hell. But I prayed for her. I did what we were supposed to do, pray for our family. And I got to say it this way. This is going to hurt religious thinking. I'm doing it on purpose, all right? It's awful hard for someone you're praying for to go to hell. It isn't that they can't choose to go there. It isn't that they don't have their own free will, but you send God Almighty after them. My Bible says we are to pray for the laborers to go into the harvest field. And you sent God after them. He's going after them. You guys are going to get to heaven, and many of you are going to see people that you didn't think were going to be there. See, I came to understand something. It didn't matter that I knew my, grand, my Aunt Barbara was saved. It mattered that Jesus knew she was saved. My job was to pray for her. Somebody better grab what I just said here. 
And some of you say, you don't know my family, Dean. They're all messed up. They got all kinds of issues. Let me tell you something. You that come from family like that, I'm getting ready to tell you something. It's, I don't really call it a secret, but you can call it a secret. But I want you to hear this, okay? Listen to this. The reason your family is messed up because Satan is scared of your family. See, Satan will not attack anything that he's not afraid of. That's why you got pastor's kids or preacher's kids, and they be attacked. Your family must have did something in the kingdom of God that harmed Satan in such a way that he says, I will never let that DNA ever again harm me like that. And he went after them to genocide them. You think you're coming from a terrible family. Because of some, it, I'm telling you, Satan knows the, the danger your family is to his kingdom. Your family. I'm just putting it out there so you grab this and run with this. It's time to draw the line. No more, Satan. No more. Not my family no more. No more. I came all the way from heaven to tell you this. I came all the way from heaven to deliver this message to you so that you understand how important you are on this planet for your family. I could say for me, I could say for Pastor Richard and Pastor Nancy, but it's for your family. The church was really created for the family. We think it's just for individuals, but the church was really created for the family. You guys getting this? Somebody, somebody needs to start moving in that direction. I hope this fires you up to start really interceding for your family, number one. I hope this fires you up to look for every opportunity you can to, to be a light to your family. I had to take up golfing. My family were golfers. I was a fisherman. My family were golfers. I had to learn how to golf so that I could reach my family. You guys get this? You know? And my dad, after two years of golfing with him, made a commitment to Jesus Christ. You know, he wants your family. Jesus wants your family more than you want your family here. And, and there are other family members, there's cousins out there that you need to reach. Do you guys hear me? Somebody said, well, my immediate family, we all serving God. You got cousins that ain't. It's time to go for them. It's, uh, I, I feel, uh, uh, Pastor Richard and Nancy, I really feel that God is telling me to tell you this message because he's already got the heavenly host out battling for them. You know, where, where someone said, no, he's already got the heavens opened up for people in this congregation. You that have came even as visitors. And I'm going to say something. You that don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're not going to heaven. You won't see your family again. And you may say, Dean, how do you know that? He said it. The only way you get in is through Jesus. I'm not telling you something to make you mad. I'm not trying to get you out of your chair. I'm just telling you the truth. You know? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to ask Richard to stand up by me. I'm going to ask Nancy to stand by me too. Pastor Nancy. I gave a, 
message today that was close to fire and brimstone almost. Uh, I don't know if it's the, it's the church because I don't usually do it this way. But God wants your family, and I just feel an urgency. I had to emphasize that. I had to let you know the loved ones that are there are doing great. They're fantastic. They're doing wonderful, you know. But they're saying they want all of your family there, everybody in your family, even the ones that have done you harm, that, that were not right to you. You know, sometimes as families, we get upset over littlest things, and we hold on to it like it's the biggest thing that ever happened to us, you know. If you're in this room and you never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm going to say it this way. Never said it this way before, but I feel like I need to. If you want to see your family again in heaven and you don't know Jesus, you need to raise your hand so you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior so you can see your family again. If you're in this room and you have not made that commitment to Jesus, and you want to make that commitment because you want to see your family. Raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand. We see the hands. We see the hands. Keep them up. Anybody else? Anybody else? You want to see your family. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm telling you the truth. You're not going to see them unless you know Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. They've gone on to be with Jesus. If you're in this room and you want to accept Jesus this morning because you want to see your family. You can put your hands down. If you're in this room and you want to be a better light to your family, if you want to be so bright that your family starts asking you about Jesus, you don't have to go and tell them, but they just start asking you about Jesus. Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. You want to be the brightest light for your family. You want to shine so bright that they know that you have the light. We see, we see the hands. We see the hands. You can put your hands down. One of the things that we do with family is when family does us wrong, we hold a grudge. And we say, well, I ain't going to be with that person again. I ain't going to do that with that person because that person did me this way. We that are born again are commanded to forgive. It isn't a suggestion from Jesus Christ. It's a commandment. I would say you need to give. You may not want to give, but forgive, but you need to forgive. If you're in this room and you need to start moving in that direction so that you forgive, I say your family members first, but there may be somebody else out there. You need to forgive. Doesn't mean you want to, but you need to. Or you need to forgive yourself. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. You need to forgive family members. You need to forgive somebody else or you need to forgive yourself. Raise your hand. God sees that hand. It's already, you're already starting the process of going in that direction of forgiving. Doesn't mean you put yourself back in a bad situation, whatever it is. It just means you let it go and move on in life. You can put your hands down. And this morning I talked about healing and how God just wants to love on you and heal you. If you're in this room and you need physical healing for anything, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Keep your hands up. If you're in this room and you already had someone pray for you about healing and you're thinking, if I raise my hand, I'm going to be doubting that he healed me, 
I'm going to ask you to raise your hand any way so that we can agree with the person that's already prayed for you to be healed. If you're in this room and you already got prayer for healing, yeah, we're just going to agree with you. We're just coming, we're just marching in the army that's been praying for you to be healed. You can put your hands down. 